Welcome back to the We Include podcast, where we bring you the most promising diversity and inclusion solutions in the market. I am your host, Juana Jordekescu, and today I am taking you to beautiful, bright Oslo in Norway, where I am joined by Mai Fan. Mai is the founder of Propel, a business that builds virtual work assessments, allowing job seekers to gain more experience while interviewing and make the recruitment and hiring process more effective, inclusive, and fair. Also probably more fun. Propel just received a research grant from the Oslo Commune and in partnership with the Oslo Metropolitan University, they're looking to implement this new assessment method. Ultimately, I think we all thought and discussed in our industry about more real-life skill testing. And I have seen more and more startups doing and paying for a week of work, a few days of work, as an interview phase before decision. But I have not seen any scalable platform that also prioritizes equity and inclusion. I am fascinated by the potential and genuinely curious about learning more, and I hope you will enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Hello, Mai. Welcome to We Include. Hi, Juana, and uh, nice to be here, and thanks a lot for the invite. It's a pleasure to have yet somebody else. I think you're the second person from Norway we have on this podcast. Uh, so the community is growing. Um, I, I think you know a little bit the drill of the episodes. We dive a bit more into the founder story. We dive a bit more into the uh, vision of the idea for the business you launched. And then we wait for everybody to go and test it and buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So let's have everybody learn a little bit more about who is Mai. Okay. Who is Mai? Well, uh, if I were to define myself by my values, then I'm a mom, Mm -hmm. a wife, a daughter uh, who loves to explore, learn, and travel. So I've been living in um, four different countries, mm-hmm. in three continents. I've also have been traveling to almost 30 countries uh, over the world. And um, over the past five years, I've been working. I mean, I've been as a f- working as a founder and also in that process, learning a lot of new things like not only new skills, but a lot of new things about myself. And I'm really passionate about impact, both social impact and sustainability. That's a bit about me. That is amazing. The fact that you lived in so many places and you travel so much. Mm-hmm. Now you are settled in Oslo. I'll, I'll put settled in, bra- in in small quotes, right? Because we never know where people end up and where, where their life journey takes them. But ultimately now you are embedded in the Oslo community for business creators. Tell me a little bit more about your experience with that. I'm very curious how, yeah, how was it for you? So I've been a part of the Oslo startup ecosystem for the past, I think, three years now. And it's really an amazing experience. I get to know so many people, uh, so many people working on like ideas, crazy ideas that want to change <laughs> the world. And also so many people with experience that are willing to help others. And uh, the community is very supportive. I've learned a lot um, and also make a lot of great friends. I see you got very inspired. The, the, your, your face lit up. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy being in a part of the community. What are some of the key things that you're getting out of it? Uh, so the key things, uh, for example, we do have a lot of like share and care, like, you know, when somebody gets stuck uh, about launching a new product 
or getting a customer, and then you can reach out to another founder that has done it, learn from their mistakes. Um, so I and then I felt like whenever I reach out, people like you don't like people don't say no. They're not mm-hmm. hesitating, say no, I can't help you, but mm-hmm. they're really willing to help and they're really willing to share the experience, like both the successes and also the failures. I love that, and I think that should it get, exist by default, but somehow. It doesn't. So these type of networks are extremely beneficial, both from a let's get the best idea out there, but also helping you keeping resilient and keeping mm-hmm. somehow motivated throughout, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, and you have now created Propel. Mm-hmm. What is Propel proposing to the world? So Propel is uh, building virtual work experience. And our goal is for job seekers um, to showcase their skills and potential and then to show to the company that they are capable of doing the job. Mm-hmm. So in a way, uh, it helps uh, job seekers, um, those who maybe, you know, you may not pass the CV or screening round just because you have different name, different background, uh, didn't fit into the right profile. Mm-hmm. But you know for sure deep down in your heart that you can do the job, you can do the task well. So this is the tool to show for them to do the task and show to the companies that they're capable. Um, but in also in that process, uh, we in a way also want to help those who are struggling to define their own career mm-hmm. in a way that if you don't know which career path you mm. want to take, you can also try our virtual work experience to see what's suitable for you so oh, it's wow. had, I actually, uh, different purposes yeah I didn't even get that so I was of course talking a little bit and trying to to kind of get a good sense for myself but I didn't get that much from the website and the rest of the communication but ultimately I think it's an amazing idea this testing ground right for for me, whether I'm switching careers, I'm trying to learn or develop into a new area, or I'm just at the beginning of my path in work, mm-hmm. let's say so, and I really don't know where to go, which is more common than we want to think, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, I mean, the, at the beginning, like we we wanted to be a, a, a tool to con- contribute to like the diversity inclusion and recruitment, but as we talk more to people looking for jobs and testing our tools, we also see like. It can serve different purposes as well. For sure. Okay. And then um, I have so many questions. <laughs> yes, please do. Because I think somehow the platform can be infinite in terms of like I can do a task or I can like within an hour or a time frame or mm. I can do a whole day for a role that has maybe multiple tasks or multiple yeah. types of activities within that particular expectation for the role, right? Like yes. where, which direction are you going into now? Well, I, we want the task to be as realistic as uh-huh. possible in a way that is reflect um, real life situation. And then in real life, I think that you maybe get a task from your team members or your managers, mm-hmm. but then you probably get, you know, some time frame to do them. Like, I don't, it's Correct. very unlikely that someone would say, come back with this within half an hour, <laughs> like a typical True. recruitment test. Yeah. So we want it to be also more realistic in that sense. So there, there is no task that you have to really say finish it within half an hour. Uh, that also the key learning from our uh, market research that these kind of tasks are like you know time constraint are very exclusive for candidates with disabilities 
especially if you are neurodivergent and you're really stressed out, it's like there's a timer yeah. on, in your screen. Or if you have some sort of visibility that prevents you from completing it, complete it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, we also remove that from our product. That barrier. I think it's really important for sure. And then um, who are your like imagined or real because I don't know what the state of the business maybe we talk about that but ultimately you have a target audience when it comes to customers in terms mm. of candidates and then clients right yes what are some of the personas you're looking at um, so for candidates um, is anyone looking for jobs uh, job seekers or anyone looking to define like a career path mm-hmm. but our initial focus would be the underrepresented candidates so mm-hmm. like the untapped potential in the job markets so like the the immigrants the refugees are uh, the neurodivergent the disabilities are uh, like the one that uh, have more difficulties and more mm-hmm. barriers when it comes to getting their like you're getting the first step like first foot uh, into the workplace mm-hmm. so that would be the target group for our candidates and then for the companies uh it would be any companies that with real commitment to diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. so basically just you know like walk the talk just not you know you know talk like you know talk through it have some nice lines on the website but actually have real actions to make it happen and also company that you know or being open about adopting new technologies new ways of working uh, new ways of recruiting okay and then when you you started i saw you started onboarding clients on your platform there is a there's movement there is um, a progress and i'm very very happy to see that do you see any pattern when it comes to which clients are more attracted to to testing this type of virtual uh, recruitment method is there a certain industry more receptive than other is there a certain uh, type or size of company that is more receptive than another so we do definitely in the start that we see um the, the industries that maybe um struggle to high like there's a lack of talents like there's okay more uh, i'm more willing to try new solutions uh to attract talents um for example like in uh, healthcare or in education mm-hmm. in the case of norway um, and then also for the other industry, like the technology companies, uh, especially the smaller ones, uh, like the startups and scale-ups also in who have not kind of defined their own recruitment process, who have not defined which tools they are using. And so they are more willing to also open to new ideas. Uh, we do find that uh, the road towards larger companies is a bit more challenging. It takes sure. longer time, but also we do hope that eventually more will come on board and try a new, like our solution. Let's switch towards the candidate side. I am yeah. very eager to hear some testimonials, some, some, yeah, kind of what is the experience on the candidate side once they've tried your system and once they maybe went through a couple of companies like. Mm. Yeah, so we've done a few testings uh, with the candidates and the experience has been very positive. And also they, they find it much more refreshing than sitting there and writing a CV and cover letter, especially cover letter, which a lot of them say is the most boring part of the <laughs> application process. And they say that uh, also that uh, 
I think it's more fun to actually try a real task because some of them find out later on that it may be not the right job for them. Mm-hmm. And also at the, when you try the real tasks, uh, you get to show uh, like what you are capable of. So they are in general more, they're having a bit more fun. Yes. <laughs> they don't do boring things uh, to start with. So they don't give up before you even begin as many do when they see the request for a cover letter, for example. I think the conversion there when people hit apply and then you're asked to fill in your CV again, mm-hmm. put the cover letter, make a video, put your picture and yeah, so exactly. on. You kind of, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to the... So let's say the evaluation. So I've done the work, right? I've mm. went on this platform, I got the task, I've completed the task in my own time. And then the company needs to tell me, hey, this is good or this is not so good. How does that work? How do you connect those two worlds? Yes. Uh, so we are building uh, an AI and machine learning models uh, to evaluate all the performance. So uh, the companies would eventually uh, will define the criteria in terms of the task. And then we will use our machine learning models to match that criteria to the performance of the candidates. And then the candidates would know uh, like how they're doing compared with the criteria. Mm-hmm. And then we want our product to be candidate-driven. So turn the kind of recruitment process the other way around where mm-hmm. the candidates is more in control. So that one, once the candidate gets the performance and the feedback, they can choose to or to see like whether they want to share their data to the companies. Mm. So the comp- if they don't, because they're mm-hmm. not happy or if they're not happy with the results or for whatever reasons, then it's remain anonymous. So only the candidates can see the performance, but then it won't show into the database to the companies. Interesting. I like that. Um... Hmm. Okay. I have one more question and then, because it feels like it's a pitch session, which is not a pitch session, but the product is so interesting, right? So I I wanted more details for myself, but ultimately you are indeed putting somehow the power in the hands of candidates and you are also helping them maybe practice um, with things before they're they're say, I'm ready. I want to like carry on this process with you. Mm -hmm. Can one try a task multiple times? Um. No, um, because once you already try, you, mm-hmm. you get the results and the Correct. feedback. And then uh, we will, but this is not an absolute no. Yes, of course. Uh, we'll get feedback from the candidate to see what they think. And yeah. maybe like in six months time, we update the task again yeah. with like, I think that's fair. questions and then people can try again. I think that's really fair. And in general, just from my perspective, when we have a recruitment process Mm -hmm. internally for an organization, somebody applies, they don't necessarily make it through. We provide that feedback. We provide usually what was missing and maybe the path to get to cover that gap. Um, And then we give a certain timeline when we're like, Mm -hmm. you can fully apply again. I think you'd be great if you would apply again in like three to six months, depending on the, let's say, complexity of the skill missing. Um, So yeah, for sure. I think it's really important to give that that chance to people and have them uh, know it's, it's there, it's open. How was it for you, Mai, as somebody who has to build something from scratch in a field that was not, let's say, your initial traditional path, right? I can say it's not easy. Yes. Um, because, I mean, like, uh, I can tell you that when we go to, like, uh, 
pitch session, meeting investors. Like I'm not the typical founder with mm-hmm. problem solution, like founder problem fit. Like you know, the, they say like the founder from the industry. Um, so it has been a really uh, kind of steep learning curve. I did take like courses in terms of like into recruitment, organizational psychology. I also got certified as a recruiting personnel just to understand more about the field. And also over the, over the past two years, I've done like hundreds of interviews with both hiring managers, HR, and also job candidates. Um, and then, I mean, like, uh, even though it's not my traditional path, but it's like the problem that I want mm-hmm. to solve and I want to yeah. work in because I can relate too much to it. And then the more I talk to like people looking for jobs, the more I see that I'm not the only one with this problem, you know, like there's more people that are facing the same problem and it's like worth solving. So it's more about you deciding which problem to solve. My somehow every founder on their journey towards building something is very different. And I've learned through making these interviews that for some, um, let's say funding is a bit easier than admin work. And for some hiring for their own team is the biggest problem versus, I don't know, uh, funding rounds, right? So there is a, a, a difference somehow in how people perceive um, the challenges in this journey. Is there anything for you that you feel, hey, this was not as I expected, it's much harder? Yes, I would definitely say fundraising for us would definitely much harder as well. Like we were we are able to mm-hmm. get like public grants, but like in terms of fundraising, uh, like from private investment, uh, which was I wish if I were to go back to myself two years ago, uh, I would do something different. <laughs> I would start with um you know, start networking and building relationships with investors earlier. Yes. Um, because, uh, you know, like the moment when you send out the pitch deck, this does not mean that you get an investment within two weeks, um, which is what I learned along the way. Uh, but it was more like a long-term process, more like playing a long-term game. Long-term game. Yeah. You start networking and finding your ideal investors earlier and then engage them in your building process like sharing with them your updates your journeys and then uh, when you're ready to fundraise you will make the process much quicker yeah um so which is why like which is what we are doing now so like after you know learning i tried to fundraise and then realized it didn't work and then i just realized there wasn't like the way that we are trying to approach investor was not the correct way mm-hmm. that like we should have tried to you know be, like find the idea investors and build a long-term relationship with them and do you think this comes from hey the market is really crowded everybody's asking for funding or it funding just really works especially with private investors on trust and knowledge of the who the founder is i think it's really meant on trust uh-huh. uh, and on like the founders whether they can know they know that whether they can trust the founders to use the money uh in the good way and not just waste them and also whether they can trust the founder to execute and to make things happen i mean originally i also thought okay i would not i, I was not able to fundraise because 
is a crowded space. Mm-hmm. Everyone talking about HR tech is like a red ocean. So many companies are doing this. But then I talked to one investor and it say, okay, if the investor say that, then that's not the right investor for you. Mm-hmm. So I switched my approach and then only talk to investors that really understand about the space yeah. and really into future work and HR. And then you get different perspective right away. You get more feedback. They give you what they think about the idea and they give you what, you know, what they what you should work on further. So and it's they, like, it's all about finding the right investors. The matching again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should have like a platform for founders and this is a new business idea, people. So a platform for founders and uh, uh, investors to play in a virtual space, <laughs> virtual funding. Yeah. <laughs> So you find that best match. Um, jokes aside, um, I, I I appreciate you sharing that learning. I think it's really interesting and we haven't really talked about that much on this podcast. I think everybody is in general struggling for funding or it's not necessarily struggling, mm-hmm. but it is a harder thing to do and it's full of discoveries. I think it's also a discovery about oneself because asking mm-hmm. for money and asking for help, it's such a hard thing to do. Uh, even if you know you got a good idea and if, if you know you got the right skills to to take this over the finish line is just putting yourself and your your business maybe in the hands of somebody else and that is very very difficult for a lot of people so I appreciate you sharing what you've learned from it and maybe how others can approach it to to have a smoother ride um, when it comes to keeping yourself yourself when it comes to keeping your balance, when it comes to kind of keeping your um, your energy focused on the right things, mm. uh, we also share here a little bit maybe of the personal tactics that everybody has um, to, yeah. to keep to keep yourself somehow in in the right headspace. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, being a startup founder can involve a lot of stresses, anxieties, especially when you don't know. Okay, what's going to happen tomorrow? Whether you're this, uh, you know, trying a new initiative for your product, whether it works or not. Um, but I mean, I I keep an, you know, I try to keep a healthy lifestyle. So I rarely drink alcohol. I don't drink alcohol almost at all. And then also exercises um, three times a week. Um, so I'm actually running. Uh, 10 kilometers at Oslo Marathon in two weeks. Nice. And I try to get ready. Um, and also like uh, in like, you know, in the evening uh, um, between like four to eight uh, and also in the weekend, I don't check my phone. Mm-hmm. Really just like mm-hmm. put the phone away. Don't check my computer and just spend that time with my family. Yeah. And then, like on Friday, Saturday night, then we'll just like watch some shows on Disney um, together, or we do activities together. Yeah. And that that means like, like try to keep like away from work and not just to be on the screen all the time. And also, I found that you know when it comes to stress, it's more it's about stress happens when you deal with unknown. Like fear of the unknowns, mm-hmm. then you get stressed. So then I normally just write out, okay, what I'm afraid of, yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the things that are stressing me down, yeah. and then try to put it together like little Lego pieces to see, like, okay, what can I control, what can I solve, yeah. and then like all this, the fear of the things, uh, 
what are the things I cannot control? And then it just, you know, if, if there are things that you cannot control, like what are the people thinking or their opinions, mm-hmm. then you just let it go. Um, which you can just focus on like what you yourself can control in that situation. I love that for you. And, and I think we we see a lot of resources out there to write down what you're grateful for, write down uh, your strengths. But I think it's so powerful to write down your fears because sometimes you're like, oh, this is silly. <laughs> but sometimes it's also like, oh, maybe I need help with this one. <laughs> I think I'd write down what you're grateful for is fine. But I also as, as at some point, I found it also too stressful because, like, True. I got a focus. Like every day, you have to write down something you're grateful yeah. for. <laughs> and every day is more or less the same thing. Uh, my family, yeah. right? So I think yeah. it's it's quite repetitive. But fears are indeed quite evolving, um, and we either deny or ignore to confront them. So they really dig on us or we deal with them in the wrong way. As you say, maybe some people through alcohol, some people through some, some not necessarily healthy practices, but keeping all this string of uh, health body, mind body, and then kind of a a healthy attitude towards problem solving is really important. And I'm, I, I think I, I can see somehow that you're very methodical and you're very intentional about this and brings you some peace. Yes. Uh, and also, I think uh, I, I have, I don't know if you read the book, Seven Highly Habits uh-huh, of no. uh, Successful People. And in that book, uh, there's uh, it say about uh, think of your end goal. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you want to end up? Like, what, what kind of person mm-hmm. do you want to be? What, what are your values? And then just kind of, plan your life and whatever you do towards that then there will be things happening along the way but then some of the things you can control and then some of the things you cannot so that's like you know whenever I'm stressed I'm just thinking okay what are my end goals uh, and then all the things I'm stressed about and I'm fear about like is it necessary can it be solved or was it not necessary at all to be stressed about it my, thank you so much for being with us on this We Include episode. We wish all the best to Propel. We wish to talk again about your success and we wish less and less fears on that list. And thanks a lot for inviting me. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for staying with us for the entire episode. You are the best. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the We Include podcast on Spotify or the podcast provider of your choice. And don't forget to share in your networks. It's highly appreciated. You can find me on LinkedIn for suggestions of initiatives and topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. They are coming out weekly. Till next time, take care.